Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. And today we're doing a deep dive into mm-hmm. a brand, brand new streaming service. So brand new, it did not open until after um, the lockdown, which mm-hmm. uh, was unfortunate for the streaming service because I, I think most streaming service are seeing like kind of a boom now. Like yeah. a lot of people are using it, a lot of people using a lot of bandwidth, watching those movies. People on are Netflix. bored at home, yeah. My god damn, I've seen we gone through like the whole like series of weeds in like the past oh. week. It's eight seasons. It's wow. eight seasons and we're, wow. we're 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 done. We're on the I mean I'm only of... I'm only fifty episodes into Gundam or something like okay. that. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, but like People have like nothing else to do but stream at home mm-hmm. on their TV. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> on their TV. But people was... are sitting on their couches and looking at their TVs. But there was a streaming service that launched that you cannot, cannot watch on your TV. Mm. And they thought, and this isn't a bug, this is a feature. Mm. It was supposed to be Well, I have st- theories about that, but yes, that they have they did pitch it as a feature. Uh, and we're talking about Quibi short it's about time. Quick bites. Yeah, it's well, actually been covering this for months, longer than anybody else. Truly, and Leslie, thank you for saying that. I don't want to take all the credit for it, but there's a lot of Quibi hate going around these days, and there's a lot of discourse around Quibi and everybody's making fun of Quibi, and I was there from the very first press release in 2018 saying this is the stupidest fucking idea I've ever heard and this is going to fail massively. I've read, I'm like the Quibi expert, Leslie. I've like watched every single like keynote with Meg Whitman and Jeffrey Katzenberg um, just because it was so clear from the very beginning uh, that this this was going to uh, uh, fail and fail like pretty embarrassingly. You've been on top of this story. I'm sure most of our listeners probably have not heard of it, though, because the thing about Quibi and its launch is that it has so far apparently been a bit of a disaster. It's like the number one disaster going on is the coronavirus. <laughs> and number two, like pretty closely, is the launch of Quibi. But let's 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 start from the beginning, you know. And we're gonna and uh have you watched any of the shows, Jack? Uh, I, have. I, wa- I watched a few. So we'll talk about some of the show, if you can call them that. The whips series, the web bites, the quick bites. The quick that's, bites. Because that's what Quibi means. Quibi, yeah. Bites of content. So why don't you just explain to us who the players are oh, and yeah. what Quibi was supposed to be before so, we get into it. The players here, this is a big for the biggest thing about Quibi, the thing that's most fascinating about Quibi is that there's so much money being set on fire here. This is a $1.8 billion uh, launch for a streaming service. Uh, um, and so the players behind this are Jeffrey Katzenberg, who uh, was like basically, a, 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 I think he became the VP at Disney, but he was basically like a very, very high level executive at the Disney company um, through the Eisner years and the like sort of revitalization of Disney. Um, you know, and had a reputation basically for being like a loudmouth asshole kind of dipshit. <laughs> like he he's like an executive from like the '90s uh, Hollywood world of like you know, kind of just like screaming at people and throwing the phone at people until he gets his way or whatever. Um, so, but Jeffrey Katzenberg. Um, ended up leaving Disney and founded DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg. So he is this kind of, you know, uh, weird player in Hollywood. Uh, uh, And so, you know, he was able to, you know, help shore up the money for this thing uh, uh, by partnering with Meg Whitman. And so Meg Whitman is another extremely wealthy person. She was the... uh, uh, not founder, but the CEO of eBay uh, uh, as it like grew exponentially. And then she went on to become the uh, CEO of Hewlett Packard and like tanked it terribly. Like she like fucked up Hewlett Packard and then resigned. Uh, she then tried to run for governor of California with a self-funded run and lost to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, I might I might be wrong about that. Let me look that up, actually. Uh, let me look up. Who she ran against? Uh, uh, she. Da, 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 da. By the way, she was also a fundraiser uh, uh, for McCain. She worked in the McCain campaign. <laughs> um, okay. uh, and then, yeah, she uh, she's tied to Goldman Sachs. Um, well, no, actually, she wouldn't have run against uh, uh, 2010 California governor. 
because because uh, uh, Schwarzenegger was also a fucking uh, was also a Republican. Oh no, it was Schwarzenegger. She lost to Schwarzenegger, so she uh, uh, she like self funded her campaign, spent tons and tons of money on her campaign, lost to Schwarzenegger, uh, uh, and he became our governor. Um, and so this is, you know, really what Quibi is, you know, because it's. Nothing. It's just an investment vehicle. You know what I mean? Like Quibi from the very beginning, basically the sell was that this is a product coming from Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman. Oh, awesome. That's basically what it is, <laughs> is that it's like this is a partnership between the best mind. Like it was pitched as like this is the best mind of Hollywood and one of the best minds of Silicon Valley coming together to create like a ground up platform, you know, that's built for mobile. And, you know, but with the level of quality entertainment, you know, we can expect from, you know, the 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 blockbuster uh, world of Hollywood or whatever. Yeah, because I remember I remember hearing Meg Whitman's name a lot during her failures uh, as the CEO of HP, like uh, uh, Hewlett Packard. Like I, I don't understand. And what was what you documented, you know, very clearly uh, in the run up to Quibi because they did so 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 much, like mm-hmm. in public investor PR for yeah. this before it launched. You made mention of all these companies that were basically being convinced to give Katzenberg and uh, Whitman like millions upon so millions of dollars. They had uh, a first round investment of a billion dollars. And I think Jesus. a lot of that, and I think most of that money was taken from like the studios, was investment from uh, Hollywood studios and also like Alibaba in China or whatever. The uh, the Amazon of China <laughs> was a big investor in Quibi. Um, and Quibi blew through that first billion in its first year. Um, wow. <laughs> wow! We went back after that after burning through their first billion. They went for another round of funding, and I think they were only able to get like half of it or something like that. A lot of the first round investors didn't come back for that second round of investment. Um, Apparently, one point eight billion dollars. Well, so I, I think that was another round after their second round. They had a second round where they were trying to get an additional billion, and then that like that sort of stalled and they only got half of that. And then I think they were able to scrounge up another like 400, you know, 400 million. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, cause Netflix does blow through money, but mm. they like make like feature films and they buy feature films and they are like the most popular website on. So like they actually have, like, well, and to be honest with you, it's like, you know, uh, uh, what Netflix is doing I don't really know how who's supposed to make money from Quibi. You know what I mean? I don't know where the money is supposed to be made with Quibi. Because we whatever. know Netflix does not make money. Netflix right. is Netflix. What Netflix's big thing is, I think what they do is they just buy up a lot of debt. They're running this strategy where they're like they believe that like debt is low priced right now, so they're just trying to shore up like all the debt on the planet or whatever. I don't know if it's going to end up working out for them, but they actually do have a subscriber base. Uh, they do have a subscriber base. Um, and the thing that with Quibi, you know, it was pitched from the very beginning as this was going to be, you know, a match between Silicon Valley and Hollywood. Um, and so you watch all these early presentations from Quibi. I watched it. I watched it <laughs> one today. So the pitch is like we will get, you know, the highest quality people in entertainment to be making stuff for this platform. And what HBO was to regular TV, Quibi wants to be to short form web content. So his pitch was that, you know, in the 90s, people were watching, you know, network television and then a better option with higher quality shows, you know, became available in HBO. And there was like a a vast amount of people that were like willing to, you know, uh, uh, spring to pay for HBO. Now... With all that said, it's like, you know, there's a pro- there's a couple problems with that with that premise just to begin with, uh, uh, which, you know, number one is that, like, when HBO became successful, like it was for a generation of people that had like money and disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this has been geared 100 percent exclusively toward uh, uh, millennials. Um, and so I don't know, like, you know, the, the price point on this thing from the very beginning was five dollars a month with ads uh, and eight dollars a month without ads. Um and so the pitch from the beginning, uh, and what Jeffrey Katzenberg would say, is that we're not competing with Netflix. We're not competing with HBO Max. Like, we're in a wholly different category, which I don't really understand. But I think his argument was, like, 
they're millennials watch like you know like three hours of short form content on their computers and so why wouldn't they instead watch like high quality produced hollywood content in these in-between moments and so that's the other big part of the cell here with quibi is that quibi is supposed to be for the in-between moments of your day when you only have eight minutes like the way they would pitch it is like when you're in line at Starbucks. You know what I mean? Uh, when you're yeah. in line at Starbucks, you can like watch a little bit of entertainment and then get back to your day or something like that. I just have a couple of questions, a couple just before we move on with, the, you know, their pitch. Uh, the first thing I, that kind of jumped out at me is like they're considering themselves like the HBO to network television, right. which I, I think that I which I think was like exaggerated at the time. But still, the difference between the two, like you, they have shows like Barkitecture uh-huh. and Chrissy's Court thing. Barkitecture is about dog arch- architecture. It's a, it's, a, it's like a re. It's like I, I believe it's actually like a you know like a a, a home makeover show for dog houses. Okay, so I think that, it's a home makeover show for dog houses. So that's like their the wire well so look this is like part of the issue with with uh quibi here is that it wasn't going to work from the beginning um but it also becomes extremely clear that uh uh it, what quibi is is it's trying to attract all this top level talent and they're attracting them just by like un- unloading a dump truck of money in front of them and so what that becomes quibi is like suddenly in town buying every project that's available uh uh i think a good example of this is dummy if you look up dummy now this is a show that was made by like dan Harmon's like current girlfriend i guess and and apparently the show the show is about her becoming friends literally with dan Harmon's sex doll and they talk about Dan Harmon in the show and how she's Dan Harmon's girlfriend. And the part, like, the script is about how she was told by her agents to, like, write a sample script. And now I'm telling you, they just went with the sample script. It's like there's a sample script out there, and they're like, let's shoot it. This guy Keith Calder said this, uh, uh, who I guess is a movie producer. He said, Quibi made the biggest mistake in film and TV, and it's a surprise given how successful the founders are. It's always better to be the top priority project for upcoming talent than the lowest priority project for <laughs> big established talent. So the issue, Leslie, is, is that like, 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 for example, that show Dummy, it has Anna Kendrick, Donald mm-hmm. Lowe, Joel McHale. These are... Rob, uh, Rob Corder, you know, these are people with actual... Like, but everybody's just cashing in. Yeah. Everybody's just cashing in. Everybody knows from the very beginning that, like, the phone-only service, like, from Quibi... By the way, Quibi is not unique in trying to do this. Oh, like, no. Verizon did this, like, with their project Go90. So a couple years before Quibi existed, Verizon's tried to be like a subscription model-based short-form, you know, entertainment thing. And they did it with like YouTubers. They put a bunch of money and they like got YouTubers and they wanted to make them have make more like highly produced projects and stuff like that. If you yeah, go to and- Go90.com today, the website doesn't load. There's nothing on it. It's like basically scrubbed from the internet, Go90. It doesn't exist. Yeah, and AT&T did the exact same thing. Um, Brett Easton Ellis, it was called Full Screen, and Brett Easton Ellis did a like mini, like a directed a TV series, which is I actually enjoyed. It, it was pretty cool and creepy about a cult, but it was all like YouTubers. Like literally, they hired like AT&T told them you need to hire like young actors, YouTube people, not like A-listers, because this is shit that is just going to be on the phone. Well, first of all, Leslie, let's let's start from the very beginning here. Why are cell phone providers trying to get into, like, entertainment creation? And I can provide the answer to that. It's to, like, make you stream more gigabytes over your phone plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they want you to have overages on your phone plan. Like, this is literally why they're starting all these companies. And so, Leslie, it's very funny that you mentioned full screen because it's like... What AT&T did after full screen was buy Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, Go90 was this attempt by Verizon to, you know, be like, okay, we're going to be our own content creation farm uh, because, you know, all of these telecom companies basically have, like, infinite money because they should be public services. Uh, uh, and it's a service that everyone is basically required to, to use. So they just can print money. Uh, uh, and so, you know, after all this, it maybe turns out that it's better to just buy existing entertainment 
you know, companies if they have this infinite money to begin with. Um, so, you know, this is like where Quibi is coming from. Like Quibi from the very beginning is like basically just the sort of beefed up version of Go90. If Go90 and, and Katzenberg said it himself uh, uh, I, in, you know, um, press conferences and things like that. And, you know, at these conventions, by, by the way, what Quibi has existed as for like a year and a half is just a roadshow of Meg Whitman and Jeffrey Katzenberg going to like conferences and like bullshitting. You know, uh, for example, one of the big features that Meg Whitman pitched not once, but many times in the early days of Quibi, like in nearly every interview she did, she talked about how when you're looking at videos on your phone and you go outside, like the brightness isn't good enough. And she was like, we're going to have an in-app slider for brightness in the Quibi app now. Ever since, like, 2012, I believe, the iPhone has had a brightness slider if you just swipe up from the bottom. I know Android has a brightness slider if you just swipe down from the top. Um, but this is, like, the big, you know, they're talking about the merger between, you know, the best mind of Silicon Valley and the best mind in Hollywood. And what the best mind of Silicon Valley was bringing to the game is that the app should have a brightness slider in it. I remember that being a specific pitch for, like, why the Quibi app would be so innovative mm -hmm. and different. And of course, I mean, the main innovation that Quibi brought to us, and we mentioned it earlier, but it just, it, it boggles the mind. You cannot watch any of this stuff on your TV. You can't cast it. You can't scream it, yeah. stream it. You can't, maybe if you like have hacked your phone, Leslie, you can possibly. Leslie, no. Oh. I I'll tell you because this is on the podcast. I wanted to rip Quibi. I wanted to rip clips from Quibi, and I talked to people who like know programming and know how to like. They locked it down, so you can't get screenshots from Quibi. You can't like hack the application. It is right now like impossible to get clips from Quibi. And you'll see, Leslie, that I did post some clips from Quibi on my Twitter account, and I'll tell you how I got those. I plugged in the the headphone port to my computer, and then I filmed the screen with a handheld camera. Jeez, That's the, the only way to get clips off of Quibi right now. Which is, you know, which is bad, of course, from the, like, angle of, like, all people want to do now is screenshot shows yes. and share gifts from, gifs from shows. That's all people want to fucking do online. Katzenberg basically said explicitly that what Quibi is is like a beefed up version of Go90. Their budgets were in the like the 10,000 range there and Quibi's budgets are in like the $100,000 range. Uh Go90 went with YouTubers, Quibi went with like established like, you know, uh, uh movie stars and stuff like that. Uh, um so I mean like and also throughout the like promo for Quibi, uh, uh, whenever Go90 gets brought up, Katzenberg is like deferential and is kind of like, you know, he never will say that Go90 failed. Now, the reason for that is um, I suspect that a big part of the plan for Quibi, and they ended up landing it, uh, but to was, was to be bundled with a carrier. Uh, and they ended up getting bundled with uh, T-Mobile. So it's like you get you get an, a bunch of automatic signups for that. You know what I mean? Basically paid for by T-Mobile because they're paying out because they want their customers to, like, get more overage charges. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and you also like they they're doing a 90 day trial of the app 90 that's days. not the case anymore when you sign up now it's only two weeks but right when they started it was a 90 day trial and so we're now at the point where like quibi's been out for like a couple months at this point a month at this point and i'm not sure if anyone has paid for it I'm not sure if there's a single paying <laughs> subscriber for Quibi yet. And they talk and, you know, there was a big New York Times article and they talk about how they have 1.8 million viewers or, you know, active users. Um, I would have to, like, dispute that even to begin with. Uh, uh, but, you know, um, that's just not a lot. <laughs> it's just not a lot of uh, uh, users. Um, so, yeah, this this whole Quibi thing for such a long time was just a roadshow between, you know, Katzenberg and Meg Whitman basically trying to fleece more investors uh, because of all the big names they had attached to it meanwhile the big names knowing this was a destined to fail and just a cash in just cashed in this is like you know we'll talk right we can talk about the content on the platform but leslie you talked about the shows and they're not hbo <laughs> uh, yeah uh it's it's uh they're not they didn't send their best no like, they didn't 
pull out, you know, their their Oscar stuff. Quibi uh, took shit. The... Quibi took shit that had been sitting on the shelf, uh, that stuff that had like never worked out. I know, for example, they did a show with Nicole Rick- Richie called Nikki Fresh, which is about her like and her like alter ego as a rapper. And you might wonder why the hell was anybody like wanting a series from from Nicole Richie in the year 2020 it's because this was like pitched at Yahoo as a web series like 10 years ago and didn't move forward like that's how deep they were pulling to get like a list supposedly a list talent on this device is like letting people like shoot the web series they failed with like a decade ago I mean, because they do have some, like, A-list talent, but there also is, like, just, like, a lot of, like, reality people. Like, yeah. Like, Chrissy Teigen, like, she has a lot of followers on, like, Twitter and stuff, and she's very famous, but, like, she's a model and, like, a, like reality person she's not doing hbo stuff like this is like everybody's first pitch kimmel did this everybody does this they're like i would just like to be judge judy wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if i did a judge judy show kimmel does it he does like jimmy's court or some judge jimmy or some shit like that and then this is like chrissy's court like it's a very first idea first pitch and also it's like a it's one that you get like shot out in like two days with chrissy Teigen. Yeah, it's a e- easy lift. They don't have to do much. Um, and like, I mean, even some of the shows are like reboots of like old shows. Uh, punked. punked, singled out. Reno nine one one, which I actually kind of appreciate them bringing uh, back much more than like punked and singled out. But we'll, we'll we'll get into the shows in a little bit. But I just want to talk uh, br- briefly about the app because when I open, when I finally got. Quibi Day, which I, I will never forget that day. It was such, I was so excited because you have been talking about it for so long and I was excited to see it. I was excited that I would not have to pay for it for a whole 90 days and yeah. I could just like watch some of this uh, crap in my free time. When I downloaded the app, I saw something that just like chilled me to the core mm-hmm. and made me think, thank God this will not be successful because this <laughs> might destroy like film it might destroy visual media and it's the fact that any video you watch on quibi automatically defaults to vertical well portrait so leslie this is the big feature so quibi had no feature Quibi had no feature whatsoever. It was basically just that this is going to be a web app, and it's from Katzenberg and Whitman, and they just keep saying Steven Spielberg over and over again. They keep being like, Steven Spielberg's got a show. Now, I don't know if that Steven Spielberg show is ever going to fucking come out or anything like that, uh, but basically, like, there was nothing... This app had nothing new that it was bringing to the table, um, and so they have tried to pitch Turnstile as the big, uh, uh, the very big, you know, innovation that they're bringing to the table. And what Turnstile is, um, is basically that they have done two two exports of every show that they do. They made their editors do eat the edit in two different uh, do the edit in two different fashions. So it's like there's an export where it like crops off the side and then there's an export for widescreen or whatever. And like, you know, as far as that goes, it works well. Like when you turn the phone, it does do the turnstile thing. I don't know necessarily why I want to watch a show where like the framing is all fucked up and like you know what I mean. Like, uh, like well, that well that was the concern. Like, is the framing fucked up, or do they actually when they're filming it, do they know? All right, you have to keep everything. They do, like, but nobody gives a shit. Nobody okay. gave a fuck when they were doing it because like literally everyone was doing this like for they don't care. Like they okay. <laughs> this is like everybody's like this is just a cash grab for everybody apparently on some shows there's like some interesting like i guess on the dance show that doesn't sound interesting at all to watch in general but uh some reviews said that that show did interesting stuff with the turnstile thing and like depending on which way you watch it had them like arranged differently and stuff like that but i don't know like that basically what happened is turnstile became their killer app and i think that was like after the fact because they had to do like a ces presentation and needed something to make it look like a killer app on top of all that there's a lawsuit going on over the turnstile technology this company echo which is like an israeli you know app company or something apparently pitched katzenberg on their company on their thing which is turnstile so there's like a whole big like echo tried to stop the launch of quibi ahead of time which by the way (laughs) you know 
At this point, I wonder if Katzenberg is like, man, I wish they had fucking stopped us. (laughs) 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 They shouldn't have fought that so hard. Um, All right, so let's get into uh, some of the content. Sure. Like the actual shows that are on Quibi. Uh, Jack, let me ask you first. You're the expert. What's been your favorite uh, quick bite? I can say it without any hesitation. Skirt with offset. <laughs> really? Skirt with offset is fine. I like offset. I like the Migos. Uh, it's funny as fuck. There's an episode of of Skirt with Offset where it's Offset and Jay Leno driving around in Burbank, <laughs> and Offset tells Jay Leno he like tells him this insane story that I'm like. I don't know if that's true, Offset. He's like, the first car I ever bought, I got with money that I like found in a bag in the forest. He's like, I found like $20,000 in a bag, and I used that to like buy my first car. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what Skirt is about like cars that Offset likes or whatever. Um, and in the first one, he's told that there's a car that's bulletproof. So they drive around the car, and then they like work with like an ex-Marine to like shoot at the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, Skirt with Offset, uh, I think, is the only redeeming show on Quibi. Yeah, so I, I think my favorite that I've seen so far is Reno 911, because sure. it's Reno 911. It's not as good as the old Reno 911 so far. I only watched I only watched about three bites. You only I watched actually, three Quibbies? Yeah, I, and it's actually fucking annoying to have the show stop and start every 10 minutes. It's actually really annoying. Like, yeah. I've watched, I've watched, you know, long-form content, like, on my phone right. or, like, on an MP4 player, and I never had a problem with it. I never was watching the movie and, be, and thought, you know what? I really just wish... That this was like actually just 10 minutes long. You know, I wish it was the exact length of my break instead of a full movie that I can pick up. Well, that's the other weird thing about this is that it's like people like to like control what they do on their phone you know what i mean it's like i I like i have like plex and netflix like knows where you left it off and stuff like that you know what i mean you just like open it up and it knows where you left off the next time you're in line at starbucks or whatever the fuck yeah if it restarted every time then i can understand the quibi premise (laughs) like all right we gotta cut this thing these tv shows yeah yeah it's like well i don't know the phone remembers where you are in the place and everything like that but the whole thing is really just like the whole thing, I, I don't know who, the, like, I don't know where Jeffrey Katzenberg is in all this. I feel like Jeffrey Katzenberg, like, maybe was a, uh, I don't know, like, was, I think Jeffrey might have been a real believer here. And Meg Whitman is just, like, stupid as, as shit. <laughs> I mean, Jeffrey Katzenberg is very, very stupid, too. And, like, and also, like, has, like, a real, like, aggressiveness to him that is, like, you know, makes him, like, all the funnier because like Jeffrey Katzenberg, number one, everyone throughout this process, people have said to him explicitly multiple times, like this is a bad idea or like challenged him on like why, you know, it's going to work with Quibi when it didn't work with this other player or whatever. And he just gets pissed off <laughs> Katzenberg, yeah. like because he's an executive from the 90s. He just like gets mad and like it like, gets snippy. One of the things he says over and over again is that's like comparing apples to submarines. He said it in the New York Times article and he also said it like in, uh, you know, press conferences and stuff like that or, or conferences. Um Whenever someone's like, well, what about Netflix? And he's like, that's comparing apples to submarines or whatever. Like uh, uh, in Katzenberg's mind, there's no company that's comparable to Quibi because like YouTube, it's not comparable because we're doing higher grade stuff. Netflix, it's not comparable because we're doing shorter stuff. (laughs) And they would say for a long time that, you know, they were different because they're only going to be allowed on the phone. Uh, And so let's talk about that for just one second. Why is Quibi only available on the phone? They sold it as like, you know, uh, uh, this is what people want. This is how millennials watch things like millennials are on their phone all day long and they watch short form content on the phone. What the reality is, actually, uh, uh, and why I think that they said that you're not allowed to watch it anywhere but the phone is because mobile ad rates are higher. Like ad rates for videos that play on mobile and allow you to like click the link and, and then it goes directly to the website. Those rates are higher. Like, they get paid more for ads that only play on mobile. So a lot of what Quibi is, I think, was this is a platform that is, like, uh, uh, industry-facing. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stuff that works for the television and film industry in Quibi. Like, for example, like, if you get people to use this and there's no way to, like, copy the video off of it, if they're watching oh, yeah. it on their phones and you can't, like, upload torrents of it, that's very good for the uh, for the film industry or whatever. If you got if you get people to, like, watch ads and get used to watching mobile ads every 10 minutes, for example, Leslie, like if uh, uh, if, for example, you want to make shows 10 minutes long so that, like, you can play an ad every 10 minutes that pays oh, yeah. out at a higher rate than the ads that would only play like for one play on Hulu or something like that. That's great. Although I do want to push back and say I actually think the fact that you can't pirate Quibi probably is a, like a negative yes but not in their minds like to the minds of the entertainment industry they're yeah, yeah they course. see all piracy and they're like that's dollars we could be making when in reality it's like quibi shows could take off because of piracy like no yeah. one is watching any of these shows like skirt with offset might be funny and like weird enough that people could like discover it but like no one's gonna fucking like pay five dollars a month to watch with <laughs> ads you know what i mean and here's the other part leslie and this was also industry facing they're trying to sell the 10 minute episodes as something that we want in reality it's really just a way to get around the entertainment unions oh, uh yeah. the various unions like except for crew uh, um they don't have rates for things that go down to 10 minutes. In fact, it's very interesting. The Writers Guild has rates for stuff at about 12 minutes because oh. that's what adult swim shows are. But then Quibi comes in at just under 12. Uh, and technically, there's no union rate that you have to pay for that. And so these are non-union shows. I'm sure that's just like happens. I'm sure that's just like, I mean, they had $1.8 billion dollars and right. they were trying to raise more. So there's no way that they would like try to like screw over a union when they're playing with uh what they thought would be like two to three billion dollars to make reality tv shows and faux documentary sitcoms yeah i, I and i and in some way i'm like the whole thing feels so scammy, especially when you start to look at stuff like so there's this show on there, fierce queens and that's like <laughs> the show that i think is like the funniest one on there so they have Reese Witherspoon narrating this. It's basically a Planet Earth show, and they're using existing footage of, like, wildebeests and shit like that to talk about, like, them sort of expressing their sexual agency and stuff. And, like, you know, a lot of the episodes, it's so fucking funny because this is the way the animal world is. A lot of the episodes are about how badass these, like, queens are for tricking men into getting them pregnant because they're animals. <laughs> because they're like animals they're like these there's a great one with hyenas where they're like these female hyenas like they run the show and how do they run the show because they have a pseudo penis this show is voiceover uh, has voiceover from reese witherspoon and she introduces and closes out every episode and you watch these and they are shot with her in the same outfit every single time shot just in like some soundstage all the backdrops are like still wrinkly because they just got set up or whatever <laughs> <laughs> this is cash grab central and of course when you really look at it the head of acquisitions uh at quibi was also a caa agent who happens to be reese witherspoon's husband so it's oh. like really cash grab central <laughs> so, so <laughs> he, the, like the, so he was just able to just like follow that like directly he was like, he was like okay i will pitch to this vc person uh that comes to quibi and then i pay that out to me Oh. <laughs> brilliant brilliant uh stuff uh, yeah. let's talk about some of the uh worst shows yeah um, so there's one that already got in a little bit of controversy because it's just a ripoff of everything is terrible uh mm. it's called uh memory hole which yeah. is ba which is from what i understand is just like a bunch of like vhs clips and weird shit um, but hosted by Will Ornette. Like, the same thing, everything is terrible, like R.A. does. Yeah, yeah. Well, that show is just like, again, I, f I, I know the guy. I met that guy before. What the fuck is his name? Scott some shit? I don't know. The guy that got in big trouble because he, like, created the show or whatever. Uh, um, and I think he fucked up. I do think he fucked up. And like, But I, in looking at this and in knowing how much of a cash grab all of this shit is it's like this is a rip off out of like laziness and and out of like every person on the chain not caring about creating something interesting because it's a cash grab i think he came with the laziest idea of all time like you're pitching like let's find like cringeworthy moments and then have like will arnett not even will arnett let's just have someone comment on cringeworthy moments 
you know? And then because it's a cash grab, it's like the production company like goes with an aesthetic that looks like everything is terrible and it becomes just an everything is terrible ripoff or whatever in the end. And I'm like, I really think that that's because of these like, like that guy Scott, I think he fucked up and, you know, I'm sure like Scott like looks at all the controversy over that show and is like, oh my God, I got like no money. This is like just a cash grab dumbass web series thing I did for like $600 and now like everybody hates me forever. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, like it sucks and they shouldn't have done that. And like, I think that that's like part of that is like that they were just accepting pitches from everybody and they're, they didn't care to like, like, make them good or anything they're just like fine fuck it like everybody just did their like i look at that the uh the everything is terrible ripoff and i'm like i swear they're just using like after effects presets that ripped off everything is terrible <laughs> like i think they just bought after effects presets on fucking some like motion array or something like that and that's what was ripping off everything is terrible and they're just using the template because these are the laziest shows ever made <laughs> so did you watch any of punk I mean, I watched like a, a minute or two of Punked. Like, you know, I'm not that into Punked in general. Well, I well, I am a big fan of Punked, and I, I really liked it back in the day. Because, like, the thing about Punked that was kind of cool was because first of all, this is before social media. You didn't yeah. know what like the like celebrities in like their day to day lives and right. their, like personal moments. So that was like the interesting premise. Like he was. He was, you know, pranking these A-list right. uh, celebrities. Um, it was hosted by Ashton Kutcher, who we did not know had a personality at that point. He was just like the dumb guy on the '70s show. Yeah. So seeing that he actually was kind of funny and charming and personable, but also like angry and like a sort of like had a kind of like a disdain for celebrity, if not humanity, at the same time, kind of made the show. I shouldn't say I don't like punked. I love, love, love the first episode of punked. I think they never went far enough after that, to be honest with you. The <laughs> first episode where they make Justin Timberlake think he lost everything and they let it go to the point where he's like sobbing on his front porch. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but I think they didn't go far enough after that. Yeah. like, well, he, he. I mean, there are some episodes that they do get pretty mean. Probably one of the ones that. Uh, they probably won't ever show again. Is they made like they like did something with Brandy and Ray J, where it was had something to do with like a car accident or something, and then like a couple years later, Brandy actually uh, killed someone in a car accident. Yeah. Uh, but the, like, well, and of course you know the big one, which is that Zach Braff. They never aired this, but there was a punk where Zach Braff came out and saw like a kid defacing his car, and the kid was supposed to run away, but Zach Braff caught up to him and beat the shit out of him and like broke his arm. <laughs> and they never aired it. Like Zach Braff beat up like a teenager because he like messed up his car. Yeah. Like like you know, there's like a real kind of uh like I, I guess just a, like anger to the original punk that chance the rapper just does not have in him like he's just kind of like a really like corny like guy he's not like he doesn't have like like any kind of real edge uh to them and that's why he's so popular (laughs) the fact that chance hosts that show just shows like what a bad fit the whole thing is because chance like is kind of of this sort of new positivity era you know what i mean and it's like they're bringing back a show kind of from the 2000s that's like was a little bit like more edgy or something like that and they're putting it with chance it's just like you know it's literally just like we had access to this IP and then here's like they're, they're just it, there's no thought. It's just slotting things together. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like Ashton Kutcher, it was actually like a passion pro- project of him. He likes he like he gets off on making people angry and shit like that. And Chance just like does not. And watching this like every single time, like Chance just constantly talks about how all these people are his friends and yada, yada, yada. And the jokes never go that far. They're not that funny. And it it just does not work. And then like half of the celebrities that they prank, like aren't even like that famous, like like. Punk had like the rock, you know. Yeah. Like, but like it, it just uh it does not work uh in this iteration. I don't know why Ashton shouldn't have let him do it. 
Ashton doesn't care, and I don't. Think yeah, I know he, he doesn't Ashton care. Ashton doesn't. I, think... I don't think even have the rights to Punk anymore. Like yeah. they've been trying to do this Punk reboot for a very, very long time. In oh, fact, really? I like had a phone call with the people that were trying to do this like years and years ago. I think it's just some company like got the rights to Punk, and they've been trying to like get it rebooted for a very long time. And when they talked to me on the phone, they were like, "We want to do it like even more intense." And they told me that they wanted to like make a celebrity think that they were being kidnapped by terrorists and then get the celebrity to like agree to do a terror attack. Like, they want to, like, kidnap a celebrity and then, like, give them a gun and then be like, you know, get them to agree to do it. I'm like, all right, guys. I, you know, okie dokie. That sounds, like, funny. Like, they, like, like the, this one, they make, like, the Migos, who are in another show on Quibi, uh, they make the Migos think that they crashed a car yeah. uh, using the app. Like, it's just... It's not well, the money. Didn't, the money is not on screen in Quibi. You watch all these shows and they look cheap as fuck. They're bad. Uh, uh, and that's because like all the money just went to the creatives like this in like and in a way that I don't even like dislike kind of was just like I, I don't dislike Quibi as a scam to funnel VC money to people in L.A. You know what I mean? I wish it went to more lower level people and not wasn't just funneled to like you know, Reese Witherspoon, whose husband does acquisitions there or whatever. But like the idea of bilking a bunch of uh, bilking a bunch of VC people to just immediately pay it to creatives is kind of funny to me. But I don't like I frankly still can't figure out like where Katzenberg's head is in all this. Like Katzenberg... I think it's like his big last play. I think he like is like I did Disney. I you know we did DreamWorks, and now I need to do the web. And I think he just like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where did this money like go? Where did almost two billion dollars go? Because even like the shows that are supposed to be like the more high quality ones, like like flipped. When you look at the trailer, you think, oh, that's just a movie that they chopped up in 10 parts. But then you actually watch it and like there's whole episodes where it's just uh, the two stars just sitting in a room talking to each other. Where Will Forte and Caitlin Olsen are just sitting in like a room like riffing with each other for like a whole episode. So it does not even feel like a real movie or like they spent like you know 30 million dollars on and then chopped up for quibi it it and like i want the sam raimi 50 states of fright one like again like you, you, you they attach sam raimi and they got rachel brosnahan who's like an emmy award-winning actress for a comedy show that isn't funny they oh, got wow. a lot, yeah they got a lot of so this you, piece is called the united states of fear right that's the one yeah. you're talking about yeah 50 I, states of fright 50, 50, 50 states of fright states right of fright. i i watched that one uh, and I am telling you, Sam Raimi is is having a is having a laugh. <laughs> I, I watched those three episodes, and that is some of the most bizarre storytelling I've ever seen in my life. I think it's a bit strong to call it storytelling. I think I think I believe Sam Raimi is fucking around with that with those pieces. I'm like, I can't like conceive of it otherwise like there's funny stuff in them and there's like it's like a really weird little piece but that's sam raimi like having a laugh which is hilarious to do with you know this 1.8 billion dollar company that jeffrey katzenberg is trying to launch but even that looks like you know maybe one of the more expensive one it, it still is like one or two actors in like a creep show or tales from the crypt type scenario which we or the stranger um, which is, you know, supposed to be this kind of prestige thriller. Three characters, three actors in it. Three actors in the whole fucking thing. Um, like they're they're not bad actors, but it's only three of them. Only three name actors. And I, I so like, where the fuck is the money going to? Is is what I'm asking, Jack. Like, how did they spend? two billion dollars on this is it all like advertising i think a lot of it is advertising they had a huge ad buy you'll remember that there were ads during the super bowl first of all okay. they did a huge ad they did a huge ad campaign uh to launch quibi and not a single piece of it was about the content they had on quibi it was just about getting people yeah. to understand that the word quibi means 10 minutes and in fact if you watch all these commercials they're really bizarre and almost all of them are about like impending death 
<laughs> like yeah. it's like it's like um an astronaut who's about to run out of oxygen who's like I still have a quibby and like watches a quibby on their phone or whatever. It's like a cartoon ties someone to the rail tra- railroad tracks, and they're like, "The railroad, the train will be here in one quibby." Like it's these really weird ads that were solely focused around trying to get people to like make quibby a phrase that people say or something like that. Yeah, like- and Jack, from what I understand, the Super Bowl uh, this year took place in. February. Yeah. Several months uh, ahead of the launch. launch. Yes, yes. And so they were kind of expecting for people to remember an ad they saw about like bank robbers like waiting for a car for two months and then go sign up at Quibi. Um, So I think a lot of the money went to like the big ad buy. I think also a lot of the money went to content. I think that they like did spend a lot on this content, but like it's not on screen. You know what I mean? It's like all this shit is like web series quality. Like all of it is web series quality and like early web series quality. Um, Yeah. The money went to talent. The money went to like all these big names because like they thought that would be their big sell is like, we're going to be, you know, uh, um, YouTube, but like with famous people. Of course, in the intervening time, YouTube became YouTube with famous people. Um, And, you know, also I think that like Quibi is like, you know, it shows like a misunderstanding, I think, of like the new nature of celebrity. You know what I mean? Like we have too many celebrities now (laughs) to the point where nobody gives a fuck about them. And it's all flattened out at this point. And they're on TV too much. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. like they're on TV and streaming shows, not even TV web series. Why are you going to sign up? Why are you going to sign up for Quibi to watch like a Chrissy Teigen thing when she's like online all fucking day every day? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like everybody's getting enough of their celebrities for free. You know what I mean? Like, and for the most part, like people think of Netflix, they like think they. I think people think of Netflix as free. It's just one of the monthly fees that they're just always going to pay. Like yeah. when The Office left Netflix, they were like, "This is fucked up." Now I have to pay for the office. I'm like, you have been paying for the office. <laughs> I think it was Friends. Did, oh, did the office ever leave? Or I don't fucking it? know. I think it was Friends. I hate the Friends. office. Oh, so the reason we're doing this episode today, Jack, because you've been on, mm-hmm. you know, this case for so long. Quibi has finally launched. Um, it apparently did not get the number of signups they expected. And now, like... The meltdown. The meltdown start. has begun. This is another edition of Meltdown May. We surprise. We 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 surprise. you know we're surprised everybody. This is another Meltdown May episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's this New York Times article. Oh, it's um, so good. Called uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg blames pandemic for Quibi's rough start, uh, and the subtitle is downloads of the 1.8 billion dollar <laughs> short foreign streaming app meant for phones are paltry. I attribute everything that has gone wrong to coronavirus, Mr. Kassenberg said. Everything. (laughs) Now, look, Leslie, it's fun to watch the meltdown of Quibi. And I've been waiting for this for, you know, close to two years at this point. I've been waiting for (laughs) Quibi to come out and fail in exactly the way I predicted. But, of course, like with everything in our modern world, it comes with a – it's bittersweet. Because And this is one of the saddest things about coronavirus to me. This is the most sad element of coronavirus to me, is that it has given Jeffrey Katzenberg an excuse. Yeah. Like, I, Quibi would have failed no matter what. <laughs> but now Katzenberg gets to be like, it's all because of coronavirus. I would have succeeded, but not for coronavirus. I'll read this uh, part, part about the uh, actual numbers. So Quibi fell out of the list of the 50 most downloaded free iPhone apps in the U.S. a week after it went live. It's now ranked number 125 behind the game app Nakamal hmm. and the language learning app Duolingo. So Duolingo uh, and Nakamal are now defeating are now beating Quibi like a month after its launch. Even with a free 90-day trial, the ha- app has been installed by only 2.9 million. Uh, customers, according to Sensor Tower, Quibi says the figure is more like 3.5 million, okay. which might be true. Which might be true. Whatever. Uh, but of those who have installed the app, the company says now the company says 1.3 are active users. Now I swear they to have God, this Leslie, on their phone for free. I know. And one and a third. 
are using it. And, and Leslie, that's a high estimate because I bet you that you and I, with the amount of Quibi that we watched, are like more active users than what they're calling active users. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that I watched a couple skirts and watched like all <laughs> of Fierce Queens is like I'm above. I'm like probably the number one Quibi watcher <laughs> in the world. Um, so, yeah, that's like the the massaged numbers. That's the like the best possible version of the number they can give is that in the version of the app where no one is paying for it yet uh one third of the people who download it are even still using it i mean it's no shock to you obviously no you you, you saw this coming but let's i do think i mean as i said at the top of the show the fact that it is on the phone early and everybody and nobody is like commuting to work anymore and not that many people are, are commuting to work anymore certainly not the type of people who are going to be early adopters of fucking quibi yeah like uh, it i do think that's a, a mitigating factor for the disaster like you said it would have happened either way mm-hmm. but i do think it's legitimate because some people were kind of mocking the ideas like what are you talking about all i'm doing is streaming now like but you can do it on your like tv at home now instead of like on your fucking phone so i do i don't know what the numbers would be if it, if like people were still like commuting on mass right and so this is the disappointing thing is that i think the construction of the world that like that jeffrey katzenberg was pitching this app for was like for him alone like he talks <laughs> about how busy he is or whatever and he's like i only have these like couple minutes in the in-between time but in this article it's like deprived of a frenetic schedule that before the coronavirus pandemic typically meant three breakfast meetings three lunch meetings and a working dinner i'm like you're that's not work dude no. you're just like <laughs> making people work you're just making other people work all the time <laughs> he's like i'm so busy and so you have these few minutes between projects or whatever by the way in one of the ones uh uh he was like, you know, you know, people are underemployed. People aren't like, you know, people that like stay home or whatever. What about them watching Quibi? And he's like, I don't think that, you know, obviously those are not our target audience. <laughs> like he was kind of, you know, the thing that disappoints me, though, is that I think that Katzenberg's construction of like what young people want was just wrong. And I think his idea of like the amount of free time that people have is wrong, too. You know what I mean? It's also funny. He's like, he's like. In in his stuff, he's like, who has the time to watch an hour-long show during the day? And I'm like, every single one of your employees on their computer when you're not looking does that. Every single one of them. He's like talking about, like, I want to be the way people watch content, like people that are on the go and going to work. I'm like, everybody's watching Netflix all day, dude. Like, everyone's yeah. on Facebook or watching YouTube, like, on their computers because they can alt-tab and make it so that you think – you think they were doing spreadsheets or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, podcasts, whatever. And so like, that's it, the disappointing thing here is that, like, I, this would have failed because the very pitch was wrong. Like, the conception of the world from which it sprang was wrong. Uh, but now he gets, but now we get to have this wiggle room where it's like, well, we don't know because even the world, like, doesn't exist anymore the way, you know, that uh, the way that, that Katzenberg was wrong about it. Yeah, it, I mean, Jack. So I do want to ask you, Jack, besides scrapping the idea entirely, besides that, if Jeff had called you up six, seven months ago, six or seven months ago, as like, Jack, I hear what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but I'm fucking deep into this. (laughs) I have, I have this pile of money. We have to fucking do this thing or the fucking Saudi royal family is going to put a fucking is <laughs> Ali Baba has my son, Jack. Ali Baba has my son in a Chinese gulag. How are we going to make this work? What would you do? What would you, how would you, maybe advertising, maybe content? To be honest with you, Leslie, what I would do is I, I what I would have suggested to him if the money was like still around or whatever is to like, go wider and try to bring up like young creators. You know what I mean? Like rather than just trying to like, you know, it's like that tweet I read you earlier, like be the highest priority project for a vast number of people, like empower people to make new stuff and try to make this the new network, like get all like young creators who are hungry and like who want to use, who like are desperate to make their first thing and make a lot of it. And then hope that one breaks out in a big way. You know what I mean? Like hope that one breaks out because you're making content with young people people for young people and then let that sort of be like you know what all this hangs off of i would also say 
like for these daily essentials that they were doing or whatever, like do those basically like I do the Twitch show, like make those public and let those be sort of like let that, that, that let that lead people to Quibi, make the daily essentials free and advertise your like bigger shows during them, but make those free and also have a chat. Have a chat uh, because, frankly, it's like people watch Twitch on their phones, but they want to be able to do something with their fingers. Oh, so yeah. have a chat next to it at all times. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, let yeah. people like react and fucking put on like little emojis and shit like that. But like just trying to rebrand like 90s entertainment for young people as what young people want today and charging them to watch it in a way that they don't want to watch it. Like obviously it's not going to work. Like I'm just looking at you know something like like you mentioned like like you know bringing in young people who would be excited to do this and it'd be the most important thing to them chrissy teigen has a show on quibi and she's tweeted about quibi about 10 times total right like it since you know october like right you know like she does not give a fuck about like that show she shot for one day right uh six months and by ago. the way that show looks like shit because all the budget was spent on just getting the name chrissy teigen because you assumed that she was going to tweet about quibi you know what I mean? Like yeah. all that money got spent on her to not do what she's not doing, you know, versus if you took all that money and you like gave it to a creator and, you know, paid everybody, you know, reasonably, but not with like a big, massive $300 million payment or something like that, you would number one, get a like a, a fleet of people in in Los Angeles and young people who like love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who are like indebted forever to this, like to this entity or whatever. Instead, what they did was they got big names to put together their worst projects and then underpaid people to write on those projects. You know what I mean? Like they underpaid everybody else involved. And so now everyone's like rooting for it to fail <laughs> and, uh, uh, and the, and the quality of the projects are not good. You know, yeah, you could have like if you had given all this money to like Vine stars. And, I mean, even like, that is fine. YouTubers you know what I mean? like they would be tweeting about this right. nonstop and talking about, it. hey, guess what? I have a fucking show on. What TV. is the new version of Netflix? If like they're trying to be, you know, HBO or whatever, what did HBO actually do? They like let people do big ideas and let people do their like weirder thing that they've wanted to do. You know what I mean? And it wasn't about like Tony Soprano is not like they they cast the guy who's right for the role. You know. Know what I mean? They, yeah. And yeah. Then when you know when David Chase talks about how when he wanted to do it at Network, they wanted to like get like a cut leading man to kind of be Tony Soprano or whatever. It's like what they did is they're like we're going to be like HBO, but then they just tried to be like MTV from the '90s and charge people for it and call that prestige. Like there's there's so many different you know paths they could have gone, especially with so 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 much money they really could have invented like a new type of platform why like not hire all those youtubers you know i wouldn't want to fucking watch it but somebody might if like so if they paid if they hired one of the big youtubers and said all right your show is now on quibi from now on like i think the biggest thing with quibi is that this was like a an executive facing uh, uh pitch you know what I mean? Like they they didn't they, they they came up with turnstile at the end as the killer app thing for for users. But really what this has been about, I think from the beginning, is saying like this would be better for us if we could convince everyone that this is okay with them. You know what I mean? Like if we can it's not that young people want to watch stuff on the phone, but if we can convince them to only watch stuff on the phone, <laughs> we'll make more money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if we can convince them to only watch stuff on our on our specific platform that has all this copy protection on it, then we'll be able to theoretically make more money. It's like uh, the reason why they didn't do that is because like this was a studio facing, you know, pitch. Uh uh it's not about spending the money to create something that people would like the most. It's about spending the money to try to create a locked down, um, you know, a locked down version of an entertainment platform uh, that hits all the metrics that like a studio executive would want. Yeah, and I'm looking at you. Know, so they have a show which I mean is really just graft. I think another one is the uh, the fight like a girl show, the WWE show, which is just like they it's a reality show where they take you know normal everyday women. And they send them to the WWE gym and they like work out and talk about their problems with, you know, a female wrestler from WWE. 
I guarantee for the money that they probably uh the, like that Meg handed over to uh Republican uh power family the McNett Mans, <laughs> they could have started their own wrestling promotion and had it exclusive to Quibi. Yeah. Instead of just like having scenes of people like working out at the WWE uh gym. Well, the other big thing with Quibi is that I think they wanted stuff to, like, look really well produced. Like, they wanted it to have this sheen of prestige or whatever. And that's, like, really all the prestige that they did is they wanted it to, like, look high quality. And again, I think that's another thing that, like, uh, that, like, kind of runs against what millennials, like, care about. You know what I mean? Like, if they're trying to, like, make this the millennial platform, I'm like, what gave you the impression that millennials demand the highest ever production standard? (laughs) In fact, like, everything I've seen is the complete opposite. You know what I mean? Like, YouTube and Twitch and all this shit, like, it gives it an air of authenticity for it to be. So it's like, already millennials are kind of like, you know, uh, uh, like, hesitant about corporate content and stuff like that and we all think and we kind of sniff inauthenticity or whatever so jeffrey katzenberg's like big contribution was like we need to bring inauthentic content (laughs) we need to like (laughs) create the most inauthentic content we can create and i frankly i want to also say that i hate using words like content and millennials and stuff like that i'm just trying to use the phraseology that like that uh uh that that um you know katzenberg uses i'm trying to get in the mind of a katzenberg or whitman and try to uh, uh best explain it all right so folks that was quibi <laughs> I, you know I, by the time you hear this quibi may not exist i mean because that, that that is how this kind of has to end right like they're they were projecting to make $250 million. Well, that's even uh, their hilarious. So you see the projection in the New York Times article, and they're like, they're not going to hit their $7 million projection. The projection was actually $7.5 million, and the break-even number was $12 million signups. So like they've they've like back they, like the goalposts have moved back so far at this point. Like what they were talking about last year was that they got like the biggest ad buys ever from like Coca-Cola and all these companies and I'm like that's not happening anymore. <laughs> That's not <laughs> happening anymore. Uh uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they don't have to give you that money. They're not going to hit 7.5 million signups. Uh I think that they get like 2 million automatically for the T-Mobile deal or whatever, but Go90 like capped out at like half a half a million signups. Like it's just never going to happen. And 12 million to break even? That's like like evening news numbers you know what i mean that's like that's like that's the that's like johnny carson in like the 80s numbers (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just you know way 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 it's like so ambitious but not i just looking over this i have no idea how you could spend two billion dollars doing this if you told me that all the production costs of all these quibi shows was like 20 million dollars I would not bad. But think Leslie about like that they had to get a whole office. They had to get a big, nice, (laughs) fancy office. This is a big part of being a production company in LA. They had to get like a big, fancy, modern office and furnish that and pay all these executives. Because that was the other thing with Quibi is I think that this was like an executive training program. (laughs) It's like they had so many executives at Quibi. They hired, by the way, like ton they like scalp a bunch of or yeah poached a bunch of people uh to be the executives at quibi so of course they paid them all like tons and tons of money and then like fired them like their like head of marketing got fired because he couldn't land them uh a cell phone deal or whatever like he was obviously getting paid a ton of money who one of the people that like has worked with katzenberg since like 1997 like since DreamWorks Animation, someone who's been with him for twenty three years quit because he they don't believe them in the like future of Quibi. It's <laughs> like, and by the way, Katzenberg's just at his like Beverly Hills mansion alone through all this. Like he's alone in his mansion, just yelling into Zoom calls. You remember that? I think it was Idris Elba, uh, and what is it? What was it? Was a plane crash movie? Oh, the Mountain Between Us. So oh, you sure. remember like the Mountain Between Us is Idris Elba. And Kate Winslet. There is a Quibi show with the exact same premise. It's like a black guy and a white woman like are in a plane crash together. And like that's it. That in like the a mountainous snowy area. Yeah. It's the exact same fucking thing. It's just like they have like younger people. They have Sophie Turner and um the black twenty four guy, uh Corey Hawkins. And 
just very like just they didn't think about like a lot of this stuff at all they just like shoveled money somewhere the only person whose motivations i can't discern are jeffrey katzenberg i i really think like katzenberg was like it's our it is my one this is gonna my big play my big last play uh everyone else i'm like cash grab uh, syndication, like, you know, like uh, uh, library play. Meg Whitman is just like bored and rich like Katzenberg. I really think like I think he believed in Quibi. And that's the funniest thing of all. Here's a here's a Katzenberg classic is uh, when they first screened Little Mermaid. Uh, he wanted to cut the song um, part of their world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the executive that's the he lost that battle but uh that's who we're working with here believe strongly that it slowed down the movie and shouldn't be in there all right folks that was struggle session have a good one see you later Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.